And we're live. And maybe that'll work. No, that didn't work. Oh well, we're still live. I'll have to do a little bit of editing. The very minimal bit of editing. Are, are we actually live? Yes, we are, we are actually <laughs> live. Wait, I'm just going to keep waving until, until it works. Because <laughs> I have the little record button, and I hit the record button, and it says, you're not recording. And I'm like, oh. And um, so we are Loose Cannon back again. Uh, we missed last week, so we came back this week. And that's going to work out well, because in February next month, what is it, on the 23rd? Yes. We will be doing a uh, special show again. It's that time of season uh, with some friends, a bunch of friends. And uh, yeah, so we are talking Constellations today. The second half of Constellations, we're going to double back a little bit. to uh, We're going to start at singing to kind of just recover some of the things that we ended on. And then we're going to finish this uh, book up about the speaker and... Our speaker, the many speakers before him. So, last episode, we kind of just talked about how they existed in the Golden Age. They were humans. Uh, one such went to Braywell, and they were told, you're crazy. That's not a thing that can happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, they had, like, little cults, etc. Then the collapse happened, and everything was shut off. Everything shut off. Uh, one speaker got captured by some dregs, and they were like, hey, why doesn't the Traveler talk to us anymore? And we kind of... Did we talk about House of Rain being the speakers of the Fallen? Was that something that That's happened after screen? That's what most of the yeah. episode was. Yeah, oh, okay. Like we got really distracted by talking about that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm so really like us. on that. <laughs> I mean, it, I was, it was a decent-sized rabbit hole. We're we, not normally yeah. that bad. We might need a part three, because I want to re-talk about that. <laughs> part two where it's just the second half of part one and yeah. then we'll get to part three we completely forgot what uh what we talked about three weeks ago so we're gonna talk about it again and then we'll catch up <laughs> <laughs> yeah we just keep we just keep doing the same episode every yeah. two weeks really and we are still talking about constellations part 99 uh so how about that house of rain oh yeah that's a good point let's talk more about that <laughs> Anyway, thank you. <laughs> before we go off on that tangent again, uh, yeah, we, so we talked about a few things, um, and I think we already went through the singing mm -hmm. entry. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we already went through it, but I, I feel like it's a good one to uh, start on because, you know, I am the first speaker to never dream. At least I think that's true. In the days following the collapse, any speakers who survived were scattered to the wind, blah, blah, blah. This is talking about what we presume to be our speaker. And so I think that's a, a good place to kind of just begin the conversation on. Yeah. Because then at the very end, carefully, lovingly, I build a mask and amplifier. So that was the reason why we think it's our speaker. Because he wore a mask and this speaker built a mask. Yeah. And the mask. It's just because I thought the mask was passed along. Okay, I thought I remember hearing something about masks being passed. So, I'm positive that you have, but yeah. But it's I confusing because we have the speaker at the beginning of the building of the city from yeah. the cutscene wearing a mask. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of hard to tell because if this is just a human, we don't really know what the lifespans are 
Yeah. So it's kind of like muddled if the speaker could actually yeah. live that long. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably impossible to say whether the um, the speakers that are mentioned in each entry are the same speaker. Oh, like, I think we like confirmed that it wasn't. At least there are two. Oh, no, no, sorry. Let, let, let me let me rephrase that. Um, from this point onwards, mm -hmm. I, think, mm -hmm. I think it's possible that each entry is from the perspective of a different speaker. Really? From or, this point? I think, I, think it's, I think it's possible, but I think that the likelihood is that it's either one speaker or maybe a couple of speakers from this point onwards. That, See, that, that, that would be my guess. See, that's what originally led me down that tangent when we first started last episode mm -hmm. and why I thought it was multiple speakers originally. Hmm. Like the the first half of the book, absolutely, because there yeah. are, there are speakers that said like like I have I am the speaker that has never dreamed. Well, we have other speakers mm -hmm. who have dreamed, so you're clearly different than them. There's at least yeah. two. Right. Yeah, well, definitely. Uh, but what you're probably thinking of, Guardian, is from the City Age. Legends walk through this history. The Iron Lord, St. Fourteen's Crusade Against the Fallen, the Mask of the Speaker. That was a, a big thing in the Dark Ages of lore on the Bungie.net forums where people were like writing fan fictions about what the Mask of the Speaker was and how Andal Brask was tasked with stealing the Speaker's Mask because it has powers and stuff like that. I just remember seeing a whole bunch of fan fiction <laughs> stories on the concept behind what is the deal with the Speaker's Mask. So I'm positive you read one where it was like yeah. handed down from like 18 different people and here we are today. Because I do feel like most of this book has been, like, each entry is kind of its own speaker, it feels like. So I feel like there is some reason to believe that the rest of the book could be different speakers. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it does also seem equally plausible that it's the same speaker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's why that's why Tangent 2 led me down that road of thinking it was mm -hmm. all the same speaker. Because yeah. then it would, it would kind of be more of a personal, mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah thing. i mean I, I definitely think that throughout the course of the entire book there must be more than one speaker mm -hmm. i think that from from the point of singing onwards i i think there's a certain element of continuity between the, the different entries um mm -hmm. i mean i think singing and building could mm -hmm. potentially be different speakers yeah but I'm i think thinking that. i think yeah I think from building onwards, I feel as though, I don't know, that there, there, there does seem to be, well we'll, well, we'll go through them, but, but my suspicion would be that at least the last four entries are all from the point of view of the same person. So are we supposed to sing the entry? <clears throat> you can. <clears throat> nah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe St. 14 would do that for us. Yeah. I've heard he likes singing. No, wait, uh, yeah. Shaq sang. Shaq song, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. People <clears throat> sing to Saint. <gasps> Maybe this is the speaker singing to Saint 14. Mm. Mm -hmm. But he's, he's called happened? the speaker, not the singer. So I actually, just to, <laughs> just to immediately derail this. <laughs> oh, no, what a surprise. Saladin says it's not over until Shaq sings and he's very yeah. shy. Yeah. Is the Crucible over? Is Iron Banner yeah. over? But he only says that about a one match. Mm. You know, like... I think I'm going like to hold him to his word. I don't, I, well, okay. I Iron mean, Banner is officially over. Shaxx is hang. Okay. Yeah, he says that to me all the time. Yeah. 
I'm a loser. <laughs> it's not over till Shaq. Oh, is that a losing line? I've actually yeah. never heard it myself. I'm amazing at this game. <laughs> Listen, I finally got my ghost, whatever it was, uh, thing. Your ghost? Go- you finally got a ghost? Yeah. <laughs> you finally started the game? Oh. <laughs> I finally got the, uh, the ghost wolf. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I got far- that one once. That was fun. Just randomly. Um, but so back, back on topic. <laughs> I don't know which one that is. It's um, Phantom, kills seven kills, don't be touched. Yeah. Oh. I don't have any Phantoms, but I have a Ghost Wolf. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? Why doesn't it proc twice? It's Crucible. Oh, well, it's Iron Banner. Yeah, but it's Crucible. No, it's Iron Banner. They have their own metal All system. my Crucible bounties work in Iron Banner. Yeah, but that's different. Yeah, yeah. but it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's different. Yeah, but it's the same. Look, there's uh, two speakers. <laughs> okay, Anand, do you want to wrap up singing? Yeah. Because uh, I feel like that's a probably I mean, pretty I've, easy one to go through. I feel well, like you could drop up speaking. It up. It's up to you. Yeah, singing. <laughs> you know, because he builds the mask and then the, the traveler speaks. I have cried out unheard for so long that my voice is raw. So the traveler is now able to, to communicate again. From the collapse on to this point, the traveler has not been able to communicate with any speakers, and so this speaker built a mask. And um, yeah, I remember we got on a tangent about it not being sanded down, rough and sharp against my face. But I dreamed for the first time in my life. Um, that's that's crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah, and it was the pain. Yeah, like I'd be like, I don't care if it if it cuts off the connection. I'm sanding this thing down. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not wearing this. <laughs> Don't touch it. So then building uh, starts off. You are the last remaining star. This is a vision of a speaker. In your dreams, you see yourself suspended in a bright but flickering light, staring out over the world half destroyed. You see thousands of pieces of yourself in that world, stumbling through it like infants, wandering in the labyrinthine ruins they don't understand. For a moment, you feel in your body everything that they feel. The elation of success, the pain of failure, the candle snuff of death. The grasping of rebirth, you feel it all at once. And so then the next uh, line says, I am the last speaker, which this line kind of explains, you are the last remaining star. And Mm -hmm. so that is interesting because I'm not sure if that denies what Baxter just said, that between singing and building, they are different people. Do you think it does deny it? I don't know. I think it's more plausible that they are all the same speaker from here on, but there is still some room that they could be different. Yeah. Uh, Do you think, I mean, you you know when it says you were the last remaining star? Mm Mm-hmm. Based on the other entries, like, I agree that, that that's referring to the last speaker. But, do you think it, when, when you were reading through that, I wondered if it meant... You know, you see thousands of pieces of yourself in that world, stumbling through it like infants, wandering in labyrinthine ruins they don't understand. That sounds like the Traveler. Yeah. Talking talking about the ghosts, right? right? But then... If you Wait, no, because that's the dream. That's the dream of the speaker about the Traveler. Because isn't that what it has been happening throughout oh, the yeah, book? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Is so that he has the, the dreams... Star, yeah. 
you, you are, are the last you are speaker. The last speaker. These in are the your dreams. dreams yeah. You see yourself as the traveler sees itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I thought more of like that was like him talking to the traveler, like you are the last remaining star, like you like talking about the traveler. Oh no, no, I think that's well. He's, inter- he's trying to interpret what the traveler is dreaming mm-hmm. and so this is what like the images that are coming through like the speaker is seeing the traveler as a thousand pieces in the world stumbling out like infants yeah hmm. so i feel like that'd be more of like him interpreting what the traveler is dreaming of essentially mm-hmm. okay hmm. anyway sorry to go off on a tangent again Absolutely. So, um, I am the last speaker. I am the child of two self-exiles, and I live in a settlement in the shadow of a looming mountain. There are about 300 of us, and we've lived here for nearly seven years. So, it's, you know, this is, um, it's interesting that he that he describes himself as a, a child of two self-exiles. Yeah, that's what that's. I'm rereading building. It just sounds odd to me that he would say I'm a child of two two self exiles, but also in building, it doesn't sound like he lives under a warlord or anything like that. One second. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess, but yeah, the, I wonder in, in the in a settlement in the shadow of a looming mountain. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So this is a this is the settlement before you know obviously the tower, somewhere just after the warlords. But maybe well, we're thinking something similar to the Fellwinter. Well, I mean, there, he's definitely with a warlord, uh, Cathan Cathal. Yeah, yeah. Drove Cathal out nearly a year ago. Oh, okay. So it was with a warlord. Uh-huh. And in this card, he is dreaming. He's he, there's in, input from the traveler. I have given so much of myself already, but I give more. I become a beacon. I call my children home. So if he's hearing these thoughts from the traveler, these dreams from the traveler, uh, it has to be the same guy with the the mask, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This is where he almost takes on like a Merlin esque vibe. <laughs> Why do you say that? Well, because the because when the when the Iron Lords were being built, they're very much compared to Arthurian uh, legend and lore. And then the speaker has this ability that no other speaker has had before, which is you know almost like a, almost like Merlin in Arthur Arthurian uh, lore, where L- Merlin is able to uh, oh you know I mean we've they've bastardized it over the years where he has magical abilities and stuff like that. But fundamentally he was able to have visions in the original Arthurian legacy. Um, Merlin had the ability to foresee the future and speak directly to the land, the earth, the two sleeping dragons underneath the warring um, clans. And he was able to predict what was coming. So, this is where he kind of takes on this like Merlin type of, of uh, character as we oh, go forward. Well, yeah. Okay, is there any is there anything in this entry that you think you, that you could quote that 
that, that kind of supports that. I'm just wondering uh, which, what it was that made you think of that relationship. Well, well just the opening dialogue, or how he's uh, talking about you know speaking or this traveler speaking directly to him, but then describing living amongst the the you know the warlords in the mountains, and then effort eat, and mm-hmm. and later on. So like as we read, uh, I keep that in the back of my mind, just thinking like maybe this is an origin point for some similarities with the whole story of of king arthur and his knights of the round table because when, when we start off in in king arthur's um lore it very much starts with merlin mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's true but i still just I, I guess i just don't really understand the like 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 what is it that that reminds you of that well I mean, basically, the the if you think about how he's describing how the traveler is talking to him, and then you mm-hmm. think about how Merlin describes the land talking to him in his yeah. visions. Okay, okay, that makes sense. I just, I guess, I still, I, I wasn't sure if there was something in here that I was missing that that was like a prediction of the future based on what you said, but I, I don't know if there if there is exactly. No, not not like specifically. It's very you know loose, but it just it kind of seems it kind of seems uh, parallel to some of the stories, and not you know not the Disney version, mm. um, maybe more along the lines of the original text or the uh, the original fo- folklore that was shared uh, throughout history, because mm. you know he's. <clears throat> He's kind of described as um, uh, as a fortune teller, but at the same time, he he helps manipulate the future that that, that original you know that originally came out of the whole tale be- behind King Arthur. King Arthur um, Merlin knew about the whole legacy of King Arthur before it happened, mm-hmm. and was very much integral integral in the the overall story and kind of predicted what was happening but also in some ways manipulated an outcome Mm. which is what was so interesting about merlin yeah but i wouldn't say that the speaker is doing that though like you know like very much as you're reading through the entries it doesn't seem like the speaker foresaw the the city really or foresaw the the creation of the the um the consensus or anything like that and oh yeah no he certainly didn't know certainly he... the speaker the, i don't think there's any evidence that the speaker like uh is trying to min, min, you know i think it's really interesting what you said there about arthur and how he had this vision of how things were going to be he foresaw how things were going to be and he manipulated things so that they would come to pass in the way that he foresaw them but i don't think there's any evidence that the speaker is doing that or, or is there i mean there is with the speaker because we have the original statement of the traveler is here what what is that full quote but it's like the traveler will save us the traveler's good and then the traveler will leave us mm-hmm. yeah and so true. it's not necessarily him trying to bring that about but just kind of ignoring like no i'm not gonna let that happen like that won't happen and then eventually does come to pass and he gets screwed over because he has seen that and didn't do anything like, about it. That's like the opposite of Arthur then. 
in yeah. a sense. You know, yeah. like he's, um, he's it's, it's similar to how Osiris can predict. Like, say for instance, so Osiris can, can predict the future, but he knows that if he says, "Hey, look, this is what's going to happen," then ultimately the outcome that he would prefer wouldn't happen because he's screwed it up for everybody. So he has to speak in codes and riddles and be careful of what he says. And so I think the speaker, to some degree, knows a similar type of uh, idea. Mm -hmm. He can only say certain things around certain people at certain times because if he says too much, he's going to screw it up. I, I don't agree. I feel as though they, the, the, the image that we get of the speaker through these books is of a person who is not working towards a particular um goal really like you know a lot of the things that happen he is you know he's 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 just a person he's not a he's not like you know osiris is um this kind of you know extremely powerful i was just using his analogy of how he has to yeah 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 i understand manage predicting the future is all totally yeah i i i i i know i see where you're coming from i just think that the the speaker i there there may be parallels with with merlin definitely but i think the the predictions that he has of the future are very limited yeah and he has visions he doesn't know it necessarily is the future or you know that something is going to happen he's 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 visualizing what the the traveler is is Mm -hmm. communicating to him and trying to translate that to the masses that he's building a following and trying to build i mean obviously it's building but he's trying to build a a safe haven for for a future hope for a future generation of of guardians people whatever Okay, well, it's it's interesting to to compare them. I I I guess well we'll we'll keep on going and we'll see. Um, you know, so so one of the other things that happens in the the building entry is the discussion with Ephrodite about basically how how the city is going to work. Mm-hmm. So one of the lines there is, um, you know, written as as if it comes from the the traveler. And it says, I have given so much of myself already, but I give more. I become a beacon. I call my children home. Uh, and then there's another line right at the end, which says, I wish for... Again, from the from the perspective of the traveler, w- 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 we think. And the line is, I wish for something to grow in my shadow. <laughs> I feel like that makes a lot of sense, especially like yep. looking at it as if it is from the traveler, because this whole entry is basically the Iron Lord speaking with this group and saying, "Hey, come live underneath the traveler with us." And their whole kind of thing is like, "It's not safe. The Iron Lords are not the Iron Lords, but the Warlords are gonna like gather. Like, we don't want to group up with a bunch of other people because the Warlords will come take it." And the Iron Lords are trying to convince them, like, "No, it'll be safe. This is what happens." And while Ephrodite is talking to the speaker essentially telling him that they want him to come be safe under the traveler you have the traveler talking to the speaker um essentially or giving dreams of like this is what i want like you will be safe like i want to like have you come home so it's kind of like the traveler is reassuring the speaker as Ephrodite is talking to them Mm -hmm. yeah i could see that 
Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up about building, we're still on building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a consolidated population like that, all in one place. Our mayor says she sounds where. Oh, never mind. Our mayor. Well, even so, our mayor says uh, she sounds where she's been in her position for nearly sixty years. So mm-hmm. like. That's dark ages right there. 60 years at least. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy to me to think like that. We actually have such a hard, a hard confirmed number like that. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's interesting, you know, like uh, uh, as you say, at least. Yeah. And think about um, that as well. You know, you don't get into that position as a 10 year old. So she's a hundred and she's still Maybe. able to communicate. She's just like, yeah. man, I'm tired of this. Even if, like, like, even if, let's say, she was elected really young at the age of like twenty, yeah. which I think is unlikely. That means she'll she'd be eighty years old. But but still, I, you know, I feel as though um, I don't know. I, I, it's interesting because this this community. So it was originally under the jurisdiction of this this Cathal. Cathal, mm-hmm. I don't know how you pronounce that. Mm-hmm. But um, does that mean that she became the mayor after Cathal, or well, did well, she? Hold on. So, back up. I can't remember. Did Fellwinter Peak, when Fellwinter Peak was named Fellwinter Peak, wasn't it taken by Fellwinter? Yeah, he took the peak, and he he held. He was the only warlord to hold an entire mountain. And yes. so it was Fellwinter Peak. But whether or not uh, the mayor held the position during yeah. or after Cathal, Cathal was kicked out a year ago. Seven, yeah. And it was only oh, been yes, ruling right. them for seven years. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got, so this is a different area. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, this isn't Fellwinter Peak at all. This is yeah, wherever Cathal exactly. ruled. But, like, my yeah. point is that whether or not it was under Cathal, not under Cathal, even before Cathal, the Dark Ages have a hard point of being going on for at least 60 years. Probably a little more than. Yeah. Like, probably 70, 75. So, was Cathal trying to build... Um, he was originally trying to build... He was a warlord. Right. So he just Originally, he just said, "You guys pay me. I keep you safe." Yeah, in this mountain. It, not necessarily a mountain, is it? A mountain? Okay. I'm trying to figure out the geography. So he's he, uh, the spe- the last speaker. I am the child of two self exiles, and I live in a settlement in the shadow of a looming mountain. Ah, but okay. I mean shadow. So at the base of a mountain. Yeah, yeah but not the Winter Peak, think... just a right. mountain. Well, I wonder if the shadow of a looming mountain i'm wondering if that has to do with some geography based on where the tower ended up or if it had something to do with fell winter peak i think it's just there for better description i don't think it really ties to anything well i think i think looming mountain is kind of a word descriptor uh an intentional word descriptor because i mean how would you describe a mountain i mean why otherwise it's just at the base of a mountain in your text now he describes it as a looming shadow of, or a shadow of a looming mountain. That's almost like the mountain is looking down, like it's, you know, you know what I mean. I do, but I think it's a common, it's a common way of referring to. Yeah, you know, there are lots of there are lots of settlements that are 
literally in the shadow of a mountain and i'm mm -hmm. and that's a that's a very common way of saying it a looming mountain right yeah i, I it, yeah. It, it could be fell winter peak but i think it's unlikely because from the from the sounds of things from other other texts that we've gotten uh the area around fell winter peak was kind of protected by the iron lords mm -hmm. you know um this the fact that this was this was kind of governed by this uh, cathel, I think, yeah. implies that it wasn't Felwinter Peak. And I think the fact that Ephrodite is coming to the settlement and saying, listen, we're starting a new city, would you like to come, implies that it isn't near the Traveller either. Mm -hmm. that, would be, that would be my guess. So you don't even sure. think that they were planning to go to the Traveller, you just think that they were planning to group up somewhere? And the speaker Who, was the one. Yeah, is that what you're saying? Back no, no, no. I'm, I'm. I, I think the Lady Aphrodite is suggesting, you know, you've been living in the settlement. We're going to start a new place in the underneath the Traveller. It's going to be a, a safe haven for people, and um, because because she's coming to this settlement to invite these people to join her, or join the the settlers underneath the the Traveller. That implies to me that this settlement is not close to the traveller. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. That's what so I'm saying. So, in terms of, in ter yeah, in terms of figuring out where the speaker, the last speaker is right now, I think the settlement that he is living in right now within this card is not near oh. Felwinter Peak and not near the traveller. Yeah, I okay, agree. So this that's is what, like that's a what I'm saying. Geography somewhere in between, maybe. Maybe, but I mean, they're so far apart. Yeah, I know I, we don't even know where the tower is, but I'm just saying, like it, it you know, just trying to visualize because we know Felwinter Peak as being a place. Yeah, and then I'm thinking of where the warlords fight, and then if you think about some of the battle engagements that they've had in battles with other warlords, I mean, there's there's a, mm. there's a chasm somewhere where they had a a, a fight. Uh, there is an area where another warlord. Well, Iron Lords stretched stretched across the globe. Not just yeah. they weren't just in Russia. They weren't just in wherever the city is. They were everywhere. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I mean, so Felwinter Peak is in in or near Russia, yeah. right? And see that, yeah. And I'm like ninety percent certain that the the last city is in South America. Same. And so it. The Iron Lords definitely stretched from, like, R Russia to to the to, you know like the Cosmodrome is probably like the the uh, the what is it Baikonur Cosmodrome whatever it was called yeah. I can't remember the name of it, Baikonur. but like that's that's like whether they're stretch whether they're stretching like for across Europe or whether they're stretching across Asia one way or another that's like half the planet. <laughs> you know, I, I I feel as I feel as though that um, absolutely, yeah, like definitely I, I, half the planet. I I think that the the Iron Lords had quite a a range Journey. of areas that they probably traveled to where they knew about settlements because of warlords and different things, and just went to these settlements and said, "It's up to you. You don't have to come with us, but we're building a new city, and mm -hmm. we want you to to join us." Um, you know, another another little tie back to Arthurian Vortigern, who was one of the the main antagonists at the original at the beginning of the story of King Arthur. He was trying to build a tower. Hmm. 
anyway, just neat little loose connection. Mm-hmm. And just like, uh, what was his name? The one, uh, gosh, what, what was the Iron Lord that kept building the wall over and over? <laughs> Timur. Timur. Mm. Or was, was it, it uh, Silamar? No, it's a Titan. Sal- uh, similar. Similar? Silamar. It was, it was similar to Similar, but it was actually Silamar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That guy. Uh, Vortigern was trying to build a tower, and it kept collapsing over and over and over again. And he kept rebuilding it. <laughs> So that then, was actually a great. Uh, I'm trying to find that. Uh... I think that was a little different because that was him building walls and then getting attacked yeah, by the fallen, and then like him rebuilding it better. Yeah, I mean, it's still kind of the same idea, just in a different way. <laughs> it's but... just funny how many little uh, little nuggets of of uh, storyline so, are similar. Yeah. So if w- there is like the idea of like people being all over the world essentially, mm-hmm. and the Iron Lords collecting them, because uh, the Iron Lords, I don't think have like jump ships, do they? At this point, so I would they're just. They would. I think they do. Wait, hold on. Jump ships. Wait. Remember when when they show us the uh, the cutscene and they're building the city? Because Amanda Holiday, as a little child, she sees a ship fly by at the, for the first time. Yeah. yeah, they they definitely had ships. They probably like same thing like within Destiny. It was like this can get us to the city, but it probably can't. Mm-hmm get us anywhere else yeah. type of deal they right. could probably like travel around earth but they just can't go out into space yeah well, I, I mean i feel as though there are some that. there are some stories i can't remember if they're the ones from the perspective of the of the drift i'm not sure but it talks about like a uh, a ship arriving full of iron lords you know um oh yeah i think that was in the drifter book yeah so I, I don't know I, why I, feel... I just always pictured like caravans hmm. but it probably would have realistically would have been all flying ships well like, I, that's I, how they would have gone around yeah i feel hmm. as though it was probably a combination like I, I imagine a lot of people who heard about you know like like in the story from like uh jaron ward and shin malfa and well, uh, yeah that right there in the dark ages dredging your had a ship yeah like uh, yeah that's a good point. there you go yeah there you go. Boom. You found it. <laughs> so that was like, so I had a thought. It's like, so how long would it take if they were finding people in like North America? How long would it take to walk down to the traveler in South America? Ask Amanda Holiday. Wait, did they have yeah. fast travel back then? No. <laughs> did they have but that was like, that was in Destiny 2. This is even, this is in Destiny 1. Oh, that's right. Let me find out. So let's say they were they were walking from like Texas. Yeah, she seems Texas. Well, you do <laughs> that because it, it's Texas in Chile, is isn't it? Yeah, that's a the bad. theory. It's the in Chile. Idea. Yeah. Well, let's well, let's find the while name. Baxter finds that out. Let's finish this entry. They go to the city. Texas is like four <laughs> states. Yes. So now we are on growing. Okay. <laughs> we can. Google so we can move no. move along. <laughs> oh, so if you put into Google Maps the walking directions from Texas City to Arica, Texas City, which is the most northern, the most uh, I just put in Texas. I don't know. Uh, Arica <laughs> is the most northern town in uh, in Chile. It doesn't have any walking directions. So 
Yeah, because you have to. Okay. We have Chile and Texas. I would say it'd probably take like a year. It would probably it would take, take a long, no long way. time. Yeah. How slow of a walker are you? Well, you have 300 people. It slows down a lot. Because you have true. to set up camp, and like, so it changes a lot. I'd imagine the yeah, Iron Lords bringing them to the walk. place at the last yeah. city would be wouldn't be walking, though. They would also probably have a few ships ready. Well, that's where we have the... But, like, we know Amanda did travel on foot. Yes. Of the way, right? And she probably traveled for a year. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I don't know about that. Because there are people today who, like, travel... You know, that like, like with all of the, the problems in, in kind of different countries in, in South America, there are people I don't over think... land. <laughs> I have walked from one town to another town in my very small state and it has taken more than two hours i understand what you're saying one thing to bear in mind as well is that they probably i mean why wouldn't they have vehicles like just because they don't have ships doesn't mean they don't you know yeah. like they could have horses they could have well they probably like, well, even then the, so the it would be roughly 70 well let's see so it'd be roughly 1500 hours of travel to get from Sacramento to Chile. And you're only working like, so probably like a hundred days walking because you're only able to walk about eight hours a day realistically with that amount of people. So probably about 90 to a hundred days to walk mm. from yeah. North America to the traveler. Yeah. I'm going to say a year because I don't think it's going to be as easy as that. Yeah. That's very valid. But it's not terrain. Uh, it's awesome. not easy at the moment. There's like water. Listen, why don't you fly <laughs> to Texas, walk to Chile, and get back to me in a year? That's, I mean, for one thing, it's not going to take me as long as it's going to take them, is it? I will put money on yeah, it. Well, if everything, if was you make better, it alive. No, 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 because even if, let's say I did it and it took me a year, right? I will give you $1,000 if it takes you less than a year. No, well, okay, fine. I, I, it's not worth that much money. Like, I don't, I don't get out of bed for less than twenty thousand. But anyway, <laughs> it would cost the, more money to do the hike. The, the, even if it, even if it took me less than a year, that doesn't mean that it would have taken the the refugees going to the city less than you know. I just want like, to move on. Sorry, no. So okay, okay. I want to like bring this back to why I brought this up originally. <laughs> Because if like if we have the Iron Lords moving to North America to escort these people back, and it'd probably take like a year, that means like the Iron Lords are traveling all over the place. So that like makes sense with the Dark Age taking forever for like to actually build the city. Like if the Iron Lords are traveling over like a year to get to places, and then over a year to get people back to it, like that's just like a long, yeah. a long, a long, lot of time to like build the city and bring in but settlements. I, I... I feel as though, um, like, if it's a big group of people, you probably couldn't put them all in a ship. And I, I don't know, I don't know what the like. Maybe you could sh like shuttle back and. F I don't know how many people can fit in that. You know, the ships that that we fly around. In, can we can we have a passenger? I don't I don't know if I've, if I've ever seen one. Um, I guess when we get picked up by uh, Hawthorne, at the end of the. You know that our our um, escape from the the last city holiday. You know, no Hawthorne and and the Red War. Yeah. 
she gives. But us we also a ship. we get picked up by Holiday like a couple times throughout also the storyline. Oh yeah, 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 we do. So but the I question mean, is: yeah, Is I human guess... flesh the same as metal when it comes to transmat? Because <laughs> if we can transmat all of our stuff into our ship, <laughs> is human flesh the same? So can you just well, like get, store a bunch of people get... up in like the system? But like we don't actually climb into our ship when we get to our ship. We get like transmatted Trim, into the yeah. ship. So I don't know. I, I would I would feel as though like you probably can transmat. For anyone who's seen Stargate only... Atlantis, I'm just gonna go with it's what the Wraith do. Okay, okay, here look. <laughs> Anna in chat just said one guy walked from Mexico to Panama. The last country in Central America, and it took him six months. South America mm-hmm. is ten times the size of. I'm not sure if that'd be Central America or California. I think it's California. I think it's Central America, given the context. Oh yeah. From what? Oh, and they confirmed what? it's Central America. Okay, thank From you. From Mexico to Panama, that's like a third of the distance. Yeah. Six months. So it took them longer than a year, assuming that they were in Texas. I'm, I don't know. They had ships. It doesn't matter at all. They built a a, a teleporter. Of course it matters. How long did it take Forrest Gump to to run all that way? I think it was like two hours, two and a half hours. That was the length of the film. Oh, is that not real time? All right, should we move on? <laughs> we've kind of gone off track for a little too long. I don't think we've made even we've made it onto the second card. Like, yeah, we had we had f- we had four cards to go through this episode, and we spent forty minutes on one card. Well, I think we're done with this card because it's essentially just Ephrodite shows up, talks to the speaker and a couple of the people. That's, in the, that's settlement, the one card. Says, hey, come to but yeah. So it says I, come to the city, and the speaker gets visions from the traveler that are kind of like drawing him to the city at the same time. Eventually, they agree to go with FRD and they go to the last city. So I, I want to point out one of the things that Viru said as well, which is just... Uh, so as he said, I call, I call my children home is an interesting phrasing given, given how in the same entry at the beginning in the speaker's dream, the travel pieces are depicted as infants. Hmm. Which I think is a good point. That is interesting. I think he is partially like it is like calling the ghost home, but I think it is also trying to show that the traveler thinks of humanity as its children. Like mm-hmm. the traveler has taken over, and it's like these are all of my kids. I want them to come like back to me, and as well as the ghost, just like all of that yeah. is just like this is all like come back to me and be with me. Hey, I just thought of something. You know, on the map. Uh... What is the map? The Iron Lord map that we get in the Crucible? Vostok? Uh, yeah, Vostok. Uh, in there is the, um, I forget what it's called, the structure that was behind the speaker in the original tower mm-hmm. that moves around and all that. What is it called again? It's like a something, vitriol, vitruvian thing. The Vitalis. It's the sphere thing. Vitalis? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so would that be a holdup for an, uh, a speaker? Mm, maybe. So there was a speaker in that region at one time. Maybe. Didn't they talk about what that was for? No, they never they never no. defined what it did specifically. They just said that it had something to do with 
the Traveler. Hmm. So let's go on to the next entry, Growing, because there is something very interesting here that I just realized reading through this. So the beginning again is another one of the Traveler's dreams. You are waiting for something to happen. You are suspended and weightless, but so heavy in your heart. You have a child's voice, quiet, easily lost in a crowd. You try to shout and be heard, but there is only one little star in a sea of thousands that can hear you. It only understands a fraction of your words, but it tries, and that has to be enough. Life goes on beyond your control as it always has. That is the curse of your creation. The things you build are not your own. And then another star blinks into existence. So that first paragraph, you try to shout and be heard, but there is only one little star in a sea of thousands. There is one speaker in a sea of thousands. And then Mm -hmm. another star blinks into existence, which going back to the entry before that we spent 40 minutes on, (laughs) you are the last remaining star. So that right there confirms to me that speaker from building is not speaker from... What am I on? Growing? Growing. Searching. Speaker from growing is a is our speaker, not speaker from building. That would make sense. Because then it starts with, I am the last speaker, and I sit at a table with the vanguard while the city around us fights over nothing. This speaker Let's see. I don't think this I don't think there's any more traveler communications. Wait, nope. would that make this some sort nope, of This like... is it. This is it. Would that make this some sort of like sneezing soul transfer thing? What there are there are communications from the traveler in uh, in suffering. Yeah, the very last entry. Yeah. Sorry, what was your question, Rhino? I was. I don't know something on... about sneezing. Yeah. Okay. So, like, there was this idea. <laughs> there was this uh, theory that every time someone sneezes, uh, your soul transferred from your body to another body or a new soul entered your body. It was this weird thing mm-hmm. I read one time in some scientific book or whatever trying to explain. Are you sure it was a scientific book? Okay. Uh, they were trying to um, describe some concept. Anyway, <laughs> is the idea that... It is not. Sneeze, <laughs> yeah. It was like if you had a hard sneeze, all of a sudden you're a different person. You're blinked into an existence of a different person. So like your soul is transferred. Or... Somebody new is occupying your your vessel with all the the previous memories and consciousness that you held before, and they just basically pick up where you left off. So Viru said that my interpretation might just be instead of my interpretation that it might be a new speaker was born. I think that's interesting. I don't think yeah. the sneezing has anything to do with this right now. I'm sorry. Yeah, but yeah. you gotta wait I, for I'm a whole really confused. to go from being a baby to an adult. Right? Or are you just saying that somebody woke up in a crowd of people? I'm a speaker. Yeah. Is that how it happens? So, yeah. We, from we my know understanding, that there are some people who were born with the ability to be able to listen to to to, to receive these dreams from the speaker, and maybe it happens at birth, or maybe it happens at some point in their life that they that they. Because in the first one, it was just like a random guy who was like, "Why am I getting headaches? Why am I getting visions now?" And it's yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Just it just happened. So, and and we as we talked about in the last episode, the the likelihood of you know the population during the golden age was, and there were several speakers, 
But now, in the in the Dark Age and the City Age, the population of humanity is much smaller, so the likelihood of there being any speakers is probably much smaller. So my interpretation of this, uh, of when another star blinks into existence, was that somebody else now exists who is able to listen to my dreams. Oh my goodness. Then that means that Aldrin is going to be our new speaker. Well... The thing is, this this dream seems to take place in the history of the six. You know, fronts. this is yeah. This 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 isn't happening right now. No, so, no, no. But that sets up uh, a future possibility for Aldrin to be our new speaker. Yeah. Well. Well. Why not? But it could be anyone. You know. But it's Aldrin. Aldrin okay. would be fantastic. Like, I don't think there is enough evidence I mean, to support it being Aldrin. But at least then he'd have I a mask. And... Yeah, he has a mask. Ah! He's our new speaker. Anyway. Yeah, he's going to come in those robes, and then, like, when he puts his hand up, you're going to see a little bit of his, his uh, like, what is that? Cabal armor? <laughs> Nobody will know. He'll just show up as he'll just find the yeah. speaker's, like, mask and put it on his hearing traveler and just put on the robes. And, like, this is just me now. And no yeah. one will know it's everyone, except for us, the reader. Right. Mm. He's going to do the praise the sun emote. And you're going to see his sleeves. <laughs> okay, should we move on? Because I really, this is my favorite entry, and I think one of my most favorite entries in Destiny. So mm-hmm. we should move on to the rest of this card. Yeah. Should, do, do you want to read some of it? I don't know how to without reading, like, all of it. Well, Just you read can read all of um... it. You can stop at places. You it's don't fine. know how to read? I thought that's what it sounded like. I didn't want to, I didn't want to dwell on that. I know how to read. I'm just, I feel like I always just say Dude. terrible things. Um, <laughs> hopefully, or else <laughs> I'm like, I'm really good at bullshitting then if I can't read. Like, <laughs> you know that, my whole uh, time on this podcast has been great. <laughs> Steve Buscemi doesn't know how to read. Well, okay. Yeah. I feel like there's a joke coming. No, I mean, it's All right. a fun fact. Like so all. I'm going to like summarize the rest of the card. Because I feel like there's a lot of stuff that just isn't necessary. Please do. Really. Um, so the rest of the card is essentially the forming of the consensus. So it's basically all of these people are standing in a room and realizing that they have brought a bunch of different people into the city, but somehow they thought not to put a leader over them. So now you just have a bunch of people in a city that are all trying to have like power and control and take care of themselves. So it's essentially just turning into the warlords and a tighter pen, which is what they say. Hmm. And so the conversation starts with Saint-14 looking to the traveler to say, or looking to the speaker to say, what does the traveler say? Like, what is the traveler telling us about what we should be doing right now? And and then you kind of get to a point where another person, and this is where I love Osiris. So it says from the speaker, I breathe in through my nose, breathe out slowly. About the factions, I ask, or about the people killing each other in their streets? This is not what the Traveler wanted, that much I can tell you. And then, that was the direct result of creating us, Osiris says, leaning back in his seat. He is stone-faced as always. Violence, does the Traveler truly know what it wants? I try to hide my frustration, and I'm glad my face is hidden by my mask. The truth is, I cannot say for certain what the Traveler wants, or whether it knows what it wants. The Traveler does not speak to me in words, but in dreams. Dream language is cramped. The message comes from the traveler, disintegrate on the way to me, 
and reform into something else. I'm an interpreter more than a speaker. And then someone else makes a comment saying that this isn't about the speaker. This isn't about religion, essentially. This is about with throwing a bunch of people into this pen and not giving them leadership. And then state 14 brings up the idea of a body of representatives would help something to allow all sides to be heard. And this is where it gets to my favorite part, where it's essentially the speaker saying every side has a voice, but all, not all voices should be given some weight. Some of these are dangerous. Some need to be pretty much just kicked out. And then others we can hear and give them a seat on a council. And Osiris questioning him saying, which ideas are dangerous and who decides that? And then just kind of a fight between Osiris and the speaker of like, no, we need to kick the dangerous ones out. We need to like force them out, have our own consensus. Like if they're violent, like we will kick them out. We'll force them to basically play how we want to. So the speaker is kind of becoming a dictator in some way. And the Osiris ends it by saying, this sets a dangerous precedent speaker. We will have this argument again later. I can already tell. I hope you're prepared to walk this slope. I think a dictator is the wrong word. Not an open dictator. I mean, because you can still be a dictator without being openly, like, aggressive or... But it's like, it's still... The Traveler has become a default dictator with everyone looking to him. Like, he's obviously running this meeting. So it's like, everyone's looking to him for the answer. He's the one saying, this is what we will Mm. do. So it's not like a violent, aggressive dictator, but it's still, he has ended up in a position of power where everyone is looking specifically to him. But I feel as though I don't know I don't know what the word would be because I feel as though he's not the 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 point that the speaker gets to, he isn't necessarily governing the city, but he is like a um a cardinal. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, he he isn't he isn't dictating. It's it's kind of I, I don't know whether to, I can't think of any government that has something analogous but he's effectively saying you know what the consensus is allowed to go but i have like a veto power to say you know what what this yeah. person is essentially a dangerous. it's a very small state it's a very yeah. small re- like democratic republic yeah essentially it's, it's not a true republic but it's a like a democratic republic yeah it's not it's like a it's like a well i mean i suppose it is like a republic like the like the age like in 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 Greece, where um, or was it Greece? I think it was where like only certain people were allowed to govern. You know, I think that's Rome. Mm, I think it was Greece as well. Mm, maybe. Like you know, like you had to be from a certain part of society. You had and your views had to like basically. Um, it was a democracy, but it was a it was kind of like a. a a shallow democracy where only certain people were allowed to, were, were, had the had the full rights of the republic, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Also, I did some research, and Steve Buscemi can read. Mm. I saw a documentary <laughs> about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's read a lot of scripts. Nope. Faked so... it. But I still I love because Osiris has always been kind of like an iffy character for me until we start looking at what happened to him before he's exiled. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like he kind of went crazy after his exile. But before that, I felt like he was a person that I very much like agree with. Cause he's questioning a lot of this. Like the traveler's like, I don't think the traveler wanted any of this. And Osiris is like, we're literally pretty much built to kill people. Like, what did you think the traveler wanted from us? Just do we even know what the traveler wants? 
like and i feel like he's this one person and it's just next to scene 14 who's just like speaker like what does the trailer say like he just kind of has that childish like religious like father what does the traveler say and then you have osiris which is like mm, i think i'm gonna call bullshit on that like which i think is necessary i think it's one of those things like even like from a religious standpoint you have to have someone who's always pushing and questioning your views or we end up with the crusades which is people who think that they're just so right in their religion that they're gonna go murder million like tons and tons of people because no because like they don't have anyone questioning the them crusade <laughs> I didn't hear what you said there, Rhino. I said I like that he used the word crusade. Hmm. I fundamentally disagree with the crusades. So to me, that is the the top yeah. point of when you believe that your religion is so correct that you're just going to go murder people for the sake of your religion, which I think is wrong. Oh, but if I went around saying I was emperor just because some moistened bent lobbed the scimitar at me, they'd put me away. I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's because you don't have that. Could, you haven't gotten to I, that point. If I could remember the rest of the lines, I would quote them right now. <laughs> I do want to correct myself from before that it is still the same speaker because in the next card, are we on the next card? Yeah. In the next card, well, it's... we're not yet, but I I did read ahead as well. Oh, the next card starts off somewhere the tiny the other tiny star is calling out you try to answer but you cannot it cannot hear you not without help you want to help but you are paralyzed your limbs are crushed and your heart beats so slowly you've never known weakness so intimately as you do now you can only wait so basically it is saying what uh viru said in chat that it's not to say that we already have the new speaker but that there is a new speaker out there and it is obviously not Hmm. Wait, Which I actually that... thought it could be, Aldrin. It's to totally be honest. Aldrin. It's not, but so... I did used to think. No, it's still Rhino. Hold Supreme on. Executive, Supreme executive power derives from a mandate from the masses, not from some farcical aquatic ceremony. <laughs> yes. There we go. <laughs> we can continue now. Uh, okay, so that, I think we need to... How we know... <laughs> that is how we know the earth to be shaped like a banana. What? Okay, moving on. So I don't, I don't think the star is is Aldrin because uh, I don't think the star is a speaker. Okay, I, so well, but, Dancing perhaps. Viru also says, or it was Aldrin. <gasps> what? I don't think so. Hold on, before we go further, we need to establish something. So within this series, we have three points of view. One of them is the actual speaker talking to us, which is the middle section. And then we have the sections with the two lines beginning and ending, yeah. which is a first person or direct yeah. from the traveler, first person perspective of the traveler. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the first portion of these things is that, are we establishing that that is the traveler dreaming? Yeah. Because yeah, this says you are the last remaining star in your dreams. You see yourself suspended in bright, but flickering light starting mm -hmm. or staring over Ha a world half destroyed you see thousands of pieces of yourself in that world stumbling through yes. it like infants so oh, yeah that, makes that is setting sense. up so that is setting up a precedence that that is the traveler and the speaker saying you the traveler see thousands of pieces of yourself no which then that's, means... that's what we went through at the start which is what i thought but i don't think it is the case that is the the traveler says to the speaker you are the last remaining star 
in your the speaker's dreams. I feel like it makes way more sense for it to be the other way around. Well, well, because like, why thought, would the speaker actually, say anything? You persuaded me the other way. <laughs> I my argument was that it this I was not arguing that this is the speaker. <laughs> my argument was that this is the speaker talking about the traveler because yes. it only makes sense where it's like you see thousands of pieces of yourself in that world of course stumbling yeah, yeah, like yeah. so ghosts so, and then for a moment the... you feel your body everything in that they feel the elation of a success the pain of failure the candle so stuff of death the the traveler is this is how i agree exactly with what you're saying the trap but the traveler is saying you are the last remaining so the traveler is talking to the speaker and i disagree because i think it's okay the other well let, way. Me, let me finish let me finish my, my point and and the the traveler is saying in your dreams you see yourself suspended in bright but flickering light in your in your dream you see yourself the way i see myself hmm. staring over a world half destroyed you see thousands of pieces of yourself in that world because in your dream you are the traveler to to do skip you, ahead do you know what i'm saying to skip ahead though baxter it, it mm -hmm. absolutely is the traveler the the final entry suffering something terrible is going to happen in this dream a horrible brutal hand stretches towards you but this mm -hmm. is not the old enemy you know it is something new something that hopes to use you more than it hopes to destroy you but it's willing to settle for either the cage but is I worse than the paralysis of silence it is worse than the grasping tendrils of the of dark it is too tangible it is too unfamiliar this is not why you came here this is not what you deserve the fear is enough to make you want to leave. And then the next line, I am the last speaker, and I dream that the Traveler will leave us. Yes. But I, I, I still think that... So th th that is describing Gaul arriving with his cage, yeah. putting it around it. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I feel as though every single one of these dream entries, the, the speaker is having a dream... And it's the dream of the traveler. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. He's a conduit. Yes. Watching the movie screen of the traveler dreaming all yes. the different key events that have happened overall. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I firmly believe that this is the, like the, tra that, yes, that's describing the traveler. There wasn't a cage coming, putting itself around the speaker, obviously, but Mm. I still think that when we talk about the, the the tiny stars, they are the people who are able to interpret the dreams of the tribe. Yeah, absolutely that. I disagree. Okay. You try to <laughs> shout and be heard, but there is only one little star in the sea of thousands that can hear you. It only understands yeah. a fraction of your words, but it tries. That's literally what the speaker says. It's like talking to the traveler. Yeah. But I just feel like, and because it's just... Because it says specifically, you are the last remaining star. Specifically, a like little star in a sea of thousands. So, like, if if we were to accept, like, okay, let imagine just for a second that that our interpretation is wrong and that the star is the traveler. If that were the case, what does it mean when it says, "and then another star blinks into existence"? That was kind of my whole thought of like, if this is saying, if this is talking directly about the traveler, you what does that traveler. mean? Right. No, I don't know I mean, if another traveler, but something else. These are definitely traveler dreams, absolutely. But I also think that little star is speaker, and that there is yeah. a new speaker, and 
I sad to admit that I have to agree with Viru slash Rhino that it is Aldrin because Boom. at the point that another star was arriving was the point where they were just a small huddled city, mm-hmm. which is when the Awoken came back. I mean, that that's true. And, and, and who describes a hum of starlight? <laughs> but then, but then isn't that, isn't that Mara? No, I think it's Aldrin. Because Aldrin, screw he Mara. He feels it. He can feel the little hum of starlight in his chest. Mara's Mara's doing her own thing. Aldrin needs a chance to shine. He's absolutely going to be the the speaker, a guardian Boom. speaker. I disagree, but that's okay. You've been wrong. I think the only thing I don't like because I do agree As that now. <laughs> I've never been. I've wrong. got them. All, I've got them all written down. Actually, I keep. Them. I would love to see that. <laughs> so I do agree that the tiny star is referencing the speaker. I just don't like how I feel like this is they're using the word star in multiple ways, which feels kind of clumsy to me. Because when they say you are the last remaining star, to me that makes it sound like it's talking about the traveler being the last remaining star. But then when it says then another star blinks into existence and somewhere the other tiny star is calling out. Because it references the traveler as a star, but then it references the speakers as tiny stars. Yeah, well, I, I don't agree that it references the traveler as star. I feel like, like with context, it just doesn't make sense for it to say you are the last remaining star in your dreams. You see yourself suspended and bright. Like I feel like but that's talking directly you, about the imagine speaker. You re- imagine you replace the word star with speaker. You are the last remaining speaker. In your dreams, you see yourself suspended in bright but flickering light, staring out over a world half destroyed. That still makes, to me, that makes perfect sense. Like you well, that seems overly confusing to me. Yeah, yeah, as like, it's just, but it's supposed to be. It's I mean, an the, the dreams. It's like, uh, it's like the light versus dark. You know, the starlight is always um, compared to the traveler and his side of the coin, and then the darkness is always the other side of the coin. So, like anything starlight related would just have to do with the overall uh, concept of being on the traveler side. And that's where I feel like it's you are the last remaining star. I mean, like you are the last, like you are the traveler. You are all that's left of the starlight. You are but then it does make it more confusing when it says then another star blinks into existence. Which is why it's a speaker. Yeah. Because <laughs> the speaker I, I, I just... doesn't have the light. Like the everything all through destiny, starlight. The light is with you. The... To the traveler. Well, firstly, light is very different from starlight. Like if you were to look at the, it's at not. The... It's the same thing. No, it isn't. Light is starlight. Unless you're talking about refracted light, then that's the only difference. No, no, no. I'm talking about light with a capital L. Yeah, L. Capital it's very L. different to starlight. Well, that's that's different too. Like we're talking. We're yeah, talking yeah, but but what I'm what I'm saying is that if if you're making the argument that the the traveler is associated with light with a capital L, like, uh, fair enough. But I don't think there's any evidence that suggests that the traveler is associated with starlight with a lowercase l like that that they're just two separate concepts and i i appreciate it's it's confusing that bungie have chosen to use the word light with a capital l to to describe this this concept but i i i don't you know but starlight was my mother the speaker the speaker is one with the light and the light is with him and she is the light no. 
I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I, I see where you're coming from. I just think that whichever way I look at it, it makes more sense that you are the last Someone remaining die. star. Is you are the last remaining star. I mean, that's the only thing I don't. I agree with the other things being speakers, but the la you are the last remaining star is the only thing that I just don't like how they've set that up. The rest of it makes sense. That's the only one thing. And that's just, I think, just a writing thing where I just disagree with how they've written that, and that seems overly confusing. But I do agree that the tiny star calling out is a speaker. So if you look at the very first entry as well, dreaming, you know that you were saying the two lines indicate the uh, the dialogue from the traveler? Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a line in there that says, I am drawing. I am drawn to a bright and attentive star. I speak to it through movement, through feeling. It understands implicitly. Well, now I just hate this book because now this is just all over the place. <laughs> it's not. Because this it's is not. changing. It's, no, it's, no, it's, you're just time, refusing no, to accept they, it. Every time. No, I generally think that this because that always seems like because later on when you have the I want to like gather things underneath my shadow like that doesn't make sense for the speaker to be saying that. That makes that sense for a first-person view yeah, from the yeah, traveler. Yeah, the but then the but what you're saying on the first one is that it's not that doesn't sound like the traveler. I am drawn to a traveler. bright and attentive star. I speak to it That's through the movement. Traveler. Through the traveler is speaking is the traveler. about the speaker. The traveler is talking about the first person who we could call a speaker. So the traveler is saying, "I am drawn to a bright and attentive speaker. I speak to it through movement, through feeling." It understands implicit every 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 instance of the word star throughout this book. You could replace with the word speaker, or if there was another word, taco. You know, speak. Well, okay, no, I wasn't going to say that. Okay, I get if what you're was, saying, and I, another... I personally disagree. I don't care to continue this. That one instance is all I'm saying is that I disagree with how that was written. Is that one instance? I I agree that everywhere else that that star means the speaker. I disagree disagree with that one thing. And I think that's confusing with how they've written it. This but is... I agree that everywhere else, the star is the, the traveler or is the speaker, and it makes no difference. So why keep arguing about it? Like, I'm, I'm trying to move past this because I don't care anymore. Okay. This is, a mean, perfect, uh, like, um, this is a perfect last time on Loose Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I'm trying to move on, and I feel like you keep kind of bringing up arguments. Like, I under, like, I'm trying to say, like, I but understand. But do you understand that? <laughs> I get it. I get it. Let's, let's just move, let's on. move on. Let's just move on. I'm trying to move on because okay. I don't even know where we are. We have one or two more entries left, and we are like at our time. I think we are. Uh, uh, I thought that we was finished. The end. No, no, we, we finished growing, but we d we haven't done searching and suffering. We yeah. started searching. Yeah. Oh. Then we got into this. <laughs> Basically, searching. Just to summarize it, searching is the speaker telling Aphrodite that they need a new speaker because he can't wear the mask forever. Oh, yeah. And then That's suffering true. is knowing that the Red War is about to happen, deciding yeah. it's not safe to tell anyone, but then it happens and it's already too late and he realizes it was a mistake. It's really, ultimately, the speaker has just been trying to, to keep people safe. And in his mind, keeping people safe means not telling them everything that is out there. Boom. Which I don't completely disagree with. 
I just think right. in this case, it definitely you went gotta protect off. people. Yeah. You can't be like, there's so many things that want to kill us every day. Like that's going to terrify people. <laughs> right. It'll pe- it'll make people feel hopeless. Yeah. And that, that was the role of the speaker to try to keep people to be hopeful. And sadly a day came when hope was, you know, fought hope was crushed for a moment. Mm-hmm. And that's where the traveler rose up and took, took it back. And now Aldrin will come and take his place. <laughs> I, I honestly think he will. I really do. Aldrin no, for Spear D is I on the lookout for a baby speaker. Yeah, he'll be a great speaker. I, I Ephrodite's gonna find Aldrin and be like, "You should be a speaker." <laughs> Dude, I feel that as would though be a the, good storyline. I I I hope that there's more to Aldrin than becoming the speaker. Well, I hope there's more to it. I hope they're not just like, "Hey, Aldrin's back and he's a speaker." Isn't this? No, no, of course. Weird? But what what I mean is, I hope that the the final role of Aldrin is becomes the speaker. You know, well, even if there's if a anybody story brought him about back, it, it would be Saint Fourteen because of his role with his person, his personal relationship with the previous speaker made it so that he was a great character to help. Uh, justify Aldrin as being our new speaker. I think that would be a great redemption arc. And like being the speaker, I think would be a fantastic, like that is honestly like the most important role you could really have within the society to go from hating guardians to being the spiritual leader of guardians. Yes. Like that is, that is a full 360. Yeah. Which is going to cause some fun (laughs) sibling issues. I don't know. I just, I, I mean, I, like, even if he was to become the hunter vanguard, or if he was to, you know, have some role in one of the, the kind of the, the upcoming storyline. Personally, I would prefer that to him becoming the speaker. I feel as though, um, mm. I don't know. I mean, I, it could be really good. I don't want to. I don't. That's that's. Well, I think it would be great because then it could set up a future. Um... Uh, you know, it could set up a future battle with with Mara later on because then you would have with have not against, connection. yeah. But I, but I feel as though like so so you know there was that there was that line about pork chop you know in in the in the pork chop lore around pork. You know, maybe pork chop yeah. will um, pork. find the most hmm? pulled, pulled pork. pork. Yeah, why did I say pork chop? That's the that's the dog from Doug. Yeah. Um, Maybe pulled pork will uh, find the the most powerful guardian of all time. If the most powerful guardian of all time becomes the speaker, I mean, okay, we don't know that Uldren is the most powerful guardian of all time, but even before he was like killed or corrupted by Riven, he was mm. he was a pretty badass dude. You know, he did a lot of things most mortals would not have done. Well. Semi, I don't know what a warp is. anything would have done. I mean, know. he went into the garden. He yeah. Got, he captured an Ahamkara. I mean, he's freaking epic. Yeah. So, so like, if if he is the the most powerful guardian to ever have lived, it's mm-hmm. kind of a disappointing ending that he becomes the speaker, where where the speaker plays a very important role in the the functioning of the consensus and in, in the city, but isn't mm-hmm. really that you know like involved in. Well, you it's know, only in, in based on the... what we have as a speaker. Like, that doesn't mean that's the role he'll fill, especially that's now. True. Like, he might that's have a completely true. different role. But right. if if somebody fills that role and they and they are 
they are taking on the role in such a different way that are they even really the speaker you know like like the 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 role of the of the speaker was i i don't know i feel as though it it could go that way maybe maybe they'll do a job of it i just i just feel as though there are other redemption arcs that i would rather see well, I mean, I feel like, think about it, the speaker's job, the only real job he's had is he has dreams of the Traveler and interprets those and communicates that to the people. The rest of it, of him being over the consensus and leading the people, was his choice. It wasn't something the Traveler told him to do, at least that we've seen. Like, the only thing we've seen the Traveler, or the speaker, is supposed to do is interpret dreams of the Traveler. So, if Uldren shows up, like, him being the most powerful guardian, like, maybe he's the one who can actually hear the speaker or hear the traveler without the mask like maybe mm-hmm. he can actually speak to the traveler and his role isn't going to be taking over the consensus but doing other things and going out and like finding allies or doing other stuff because yeah. it was nowhere that the, the speaker had to become the leader of this last city that's just what that speaker chose to do yeah that's true hmm. interesting yeah I mean, I'm I'm still I'm still not super sold on the idea, but but that 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 is the uh, you're right in that that's that's just the way that the the last speaker behaved. So it doesn't necessarily have to be the same. So I've really been wanting to say this for like ten minutes now, <laughs> but <laughs> what the speaker, our speaker, could not hear the traveler until it put on the mask, and mm-hmm. then it was able to hear the traveler. And now we're saying there's a second star. Somewhere out there, a tiny star is calling out. You try to answer him, but it cannot hear you, not without help. Clearly, mm-hmm. not without the mask. And the speaker mm-hmm. is just like, man, I sure hope someone comes up with, like, yeah. dreams and yeah. stuff. And it's like, you should be putting that mask on every person in the damn city to see. <laughs> like like some sort of Cinderella. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they just need to find on. it. No put one's going to... On no one's gonna be able to be like, I might be a speaker without that mask. It's true. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. So, what's gonna happen mm. is Aldrin's gonna find the mask, put it on, have a dream. Mm. Well, the speaker does talk about how, like, there's other ways to tell. Like, there's, like, you have headaches. Like, I'm pretty sure he had those before he had the mask. Yeah. Where he didn't have dreams, but he had headaches. He had ghosts following him. Mm-hmm. So he's looking, yeah. he's been looking for someone like that. That's, it like, just seems like a much more direct answer in. is just put yeah. this on. Nah. But I think but, there's also like he's waiting for there be to be like pre-existing things, yeah. like someone walking into the tower with a bunch of ghosts hanging on. Like, oh, you have like what every speaker has had, so put this mask on and see if you hear anything. Is so the mask see a guardian now? with with two ghosts? Yeah, it's it's like um, the the console stood on it. Wait, 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 wait. Ephrodite had a ghost following her for a year. Where, huh. where's that from from this book this book in goddamn building he only spent an hour on it wait so do you think that that was the ghost no Beside... no that's the, that no no it wasn't it was following the speaker oh okay. beside me a silver ghost spins his shell floating yeah. at my shoulder yeah, you're watching right, you're right. he's followed oh, me yeah, for just watching Ephrodite. watching yeah. i thought i thought that was Ephrodite talking so yeah Never mind. You're right. Okay. You're right. Let me just write that down in the book. What? <laughs> what book? 
<laughs> you know, I said I keep a track of every time you're wrong. I wasn't wrong there. Yeah, you were, and I, no. I, I actually have to start a new book. This <laughs> this one's full. Ah, uh, man. I was not wrong. <laughs> I proposed an idea. <laughs> In that case, you have <laughs> proposed a lot of incorrect ideas. <laughs> yeah, that's how you learn. <laughs> that's not being mm. wrong, though. Mm, okay. It's like if you fall off a bike, it doesn't mean that you don't know how to ride a bike. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, suffering. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I think we already covered suffering. Yeah, we did. I see the Red Legion okay. fleet darkening our skies, and I realize I have made a terrible mistake by starting this podcast. <laughs> the fear is enough to make you want to leave. <laughs> Last time. We, we need to do that. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. But, I mean, we should do it. We should do it. Let's just go through footage from all of our previous episodes yeah. whenever we've disagreed about things. Like a like a low light reel. Yeah, a low light reel. <laughs> Our next episode is going to be on February 9th, and uh, we will be talking probably about Pigeon and Phoenix as we begin to close out this season because this is it. This is the the home stretch. There's not yep. much left. I have not read Pigeon and Phoenix. Well, you're gonna have to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I haven't gotten around to it. I think I, I started a couple of times and then I just like stopped. It's a good I'm one. Not sure why. Uh, okay. Occasionally, though, we do have to pause episodes. That that's a thing that sometimes happens. So you should follow us on Loose Cannon at Loose Cannon Show. Just like it is. Uh, we don't have anyone that can point to it, but up up there, you know, uh, spelt like <laughs> that there, and follow us on Twitter. Send us the notifications. We tweet like twice a week just to say, or show, we're live. You know, it's, it's very unannoying, non annoying, in annoying. A non annoying? That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fantastic. But. Anonymous. <laughs> so, that's going to be our show for this week. Uh, see you next time. Bye. Bye. Did I press it?